Welcome to Sober in States Baseball. Here are your hosts, Chris and Daniel. Welcome back in. This is Chris, the MLS card guy. As always, we have Trippin B with us. How are you today, buddy? I'm in playoff mode, baby. Mm, taking them out one by one, just moving on to the next round. Yep. You're, uh, every, you're having having a good week here. Huh? Every pitch, every at-bat is heightened. It's the, the atmosphere is just, you know, on a razor's edge. And you can just feel it in the air. The playoffs are here. So rare is getting very much more in one in some ways it's more competitive here in the in the playoff slates and in other ways it's a lot less competitive because there's a lot of dead lineups that we're going up against but uh how'd you do last week did you get any rewards in the wild card round yeah i kind of killed it actually i only had two lineups because most of my guys are braves obviously and then i have a, a decent subset of yankees and some dodgers um yeah, I don't have a ton of playoff guys, but I was actually able to fill out four teams for this weekend because I have so many Braves. Uh, but last week, yeah, I just racked in a rare tier five. I got a limited tier three. And then in the uh, in the new competition, the, the fun playoff competition, which is great, which we'll talk about in a little while, I picked up a, a tier one, which was great. Barely held on to that by the skin of my teeth. Uh, and then picked up a tier three in common. So yeah, I I, I meddled. I, I finished in the money in all all uh, all four of my lineup. So yeah, was, looking at the rewards. No, no great rewards, but some some things to pieces to build with, right? Kirk and Bell. Oh yeah, every reward is a great reward, man. Yeah, free like, cards. It's right? it's all free. It's all yeah. great, and we'll we'll definitely get into that. And and obviously, playoff rewards have been a big topic of discussion yeah. in the community yeah. this week. For, but we'll get for, there. For some of us, it's good enough to just get a free card. For other people, they're not really happy with the, the the what's available on offer. So we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that. But first, we got to welcome in our guest. He's been patiently waiting by here. His name is Nick <laughs> Mitchell. How are you today, Nick? I'm great, guys. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm just stoked to be here. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw uh, the thread that you had put out about kind of your journey so far, mm-hmm. um, and and really liked kind of kind of where you were going and where you're kind of coming from, and you've obviously got a very analytical kind of mind about you. So, kind of kind of give us a sense of you know where you come from, uh, kind of your background, and what made you want to get into server baseball. Sure. So, um, I come from if we go a little further back from like now I come from an accounting and finance background. So like, I love the numbers. I love the data. I love messing around in you know, spreadsheets and whatnot. And, um, in the last year or so I transitioned into a, a product project manager role, um, in web three. And so building out projects there, doing all that kind of stuff, I started hearing more and more about so rare and I never really played fantasy soccer, um, like growing up or with friends or whatnot. But the moment they announced baseball, I was like, wait a minute. I I know the, the tech know that, that this sport. is built on. I know the I sport that. that this is, that this I know is talking him. about. <laughs> I, I know them. I know that guy. I can do that. And so here I am like sitting around going, well, this is a, this is a fantasy baseball game built with cards. I want to talk about this. Like, this is my jam. And so um, in the last few months, as they started announcing scoring and announcing like, the scarcities and all that, I started building out my own kind of model to to help to help guide that that journey. And so in the last, I don't know, five, six months, I've been writing about it, starting to write more and more threads. Um, I've got a sub stack out, kind of all that, that stuff of just getting the the creative juices out of my brain and onto, you know, a page. And so it's been a blast so far and really excited to see where it goes someday. 
what was the one thing from your model that surprised you the most? Like the one, the one call that it made or the one player that it pointed out that you're like, wait, really that guy? Well, the, the one that keeps popping that like I have to keep kind of ignoring is Jesse Winker um, because so many like dynasty centric, like rankings and predictive stuff love him. And he's just been a ghost. And so like looking at the pricing and all that, I'm like, ah, that's, that's a great buy low but I don't quite have the stones to, to like go in on them just yet. Um, one that it did uncover and then like quickly lost that whole buying window. Actually two were Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez. Mm. Like both of those were just sorely underpriced for how good they should be, have been. And so I was able to, you know, buy in a little early and then all of a sudden they went nuclear and I was like, Oh, that's, that's what was that's awful. <laughs> supposed to happen. Cool. That's yeah. great. So there yeah, I go. think it's the, it's the, the whole the whole like Blue Jay stack, right? Like, because I, I was looking at mm-hmm. George Springer for a long time and just kind of never yep. pulled the trigger. And yeah, I mean, he is also very very good. Now, obviously, yeah. you know Jesse Winker. You watch him a lot. You're a Mariners fan. Um, mm-hmm. Give us a little a little bit of your your background with the Mariners, like who your favorite player is, who you like to watch, why you're a Mariners sure. fan, the whole thing. So I grew up uh, in the Seattle area uh, in a little town called Snohomish. So I was around for, I think it was the 01 season where they, they had the regular season wins uh, record and all that. And it's been since then that they've not made the playoffs, I believe. So like the whole 21 year drought has been basically since I moved away. So it's probably my fault. (laughs) Um, But when they brought in like Ichiro back in the day, I had the Ichiro Jersey prior to that. I loved um, like I was just getting into baseball, right. As Ken Griffey jr. Was kind of phasing out. So I loved him. Um, he's probably still, well, I've got the backwards hat on. I'm I'm rocking it already. Like he was my guy. So like that was my team. And watching those players at that time was just wonderful. Um, and then kind of transitioning into now, like seeing the young talent they have on the team and kind of the the squad that they're they're pulling together. I just I'm excited for it. I I know today didn't go very well, but um, there's a lot of good games to come still. I like that. Keeping the faith, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not going to let one little Jordan it's, Alvarez walk off home or yeah, not that he's gloating. Yeah. Not that he's gloating <laughs> at all. Oh, no, by not the that way, you yeah. rostered him. The, no. the anchor of my lineup. Hey, he was my prize. I, I won Jordan yeah. uh, as a prize Ooh. for winning uh rare all-star back about. Did you win like back to back weeks? No, no, I actually did really horrible. I, I had one of my worst weeks ever the week after I got first place, but then mm. I did. I got fourth in limited pro a, couple, a week after that. So. Mm. Oh, so it was a week. It was a week between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew you used no one cares your about Don. My results. That's I knew you used your Don like immediately to win something else massive, and I oh, was yeah. like, "Are you kidding?" And your Don was the main piece of that team. You've got um, to. So yeah, that was that was no fun. But yeah, we we didn't have a great day today as a podcast. I don't think. Uh, the Rangers are sitting at home playing golf, so Trip and B is fine. But uh, <laughs> Nick and I, our teams are still alive. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we both uh, did not have great days I, here. I did pick up my Josh Young. Finally, I got I got my young mm, Josh Young rookie you card go. on the board. I got number eleven uh, in rare. I wanted to go for the jersey mint, but it got a little bit ridiculous with the price, so I, I waited out and got a nice price. Uh, I, I love to pay, play uh, 
any I, I, in soccer, whenever I'm like making an offer or a bid in soccer, I always put 69 in, into the bid in some way, shape or form that or because I'm yeah. childish. Sure. But in baseball, I always try to get a 42 in there as a shout out to oh, Robinson and, uh, you know, the, the, the answer to life, the universe and everything. If you're a hitchhiker's guide fan. So mm-hmm. yeah, 42 is my baseball bid number. And I got Josh Young uh, rare for 0.042. So feel pretty great about that. Well done. That's great. I have some I have some very bad limited cards you can pay me 0.042 for if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 0.0042. We can talk. Yeah. No, those zeros matter. You gotta have it's gonna well, how about 0.42? Yeah. Throw the zeros out of there. That's not yeah, a real take them out. Two. Put a you bundle know, together for me. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the wild card because obviously the Mariners did a little bit better in the in the first round. Um, we'll we'll kind of go through everything with the wild card, go through all four series and kind of just some so, some of the things that happened if, if people aren't following too closely. Um, so obviously most of the series ended in, ended in two games, right? Most of them were sweeps. The yeah. only one that did not end in two was the Padres uh, and the Mets. Now the Padres won game one, Mets got game two, and then it came down to game three and the Padres went absolutely nuts on the mound. Um, and uh, yeah, they, at one point they, the 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 Mets manager Buck Showalter came out and said this guy's pitching too well. He's got to have he's got to be cheating somehow. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to have some sort of substance or something. And they, and they checked, checked his him ears and everything. And he, they like rubbed his ears. It was really weird. Somebody's got to make a meme of that. But yeah, no. Oh, the uh, internet had a blast with that one. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. And if it, honestly, like as a pitcher, it's kind of like a two way street, right? Like you know he's playing mind games with you to try to get you out of your rhythm. But at the same time, it's like. Yeah, I'm dominating so much. This dude is trying absolutely everything to try to get me out of this game. Um, and it did not work. They got one hit, which is the first time in MLB history in a in a decisive game that a team has got one or no hits. Um, so, yeah, the Padres are out. Or, I mean, sorry, the Mets are out, which I know killed a lot of people's sacks. Cause a lot of people had it going mm-hmm. a long way. Um, and that kind of kind of brings me to another point about playoff stacking and and building for the playoffs and trying to win in the playoffs and how I'm not so sure it's a great idea because anything can happen. Your team can get knocked right. out after two games, you know, right. If you went and bought a bunch of Mets cards at the beginning of the wild card round, thinking you're going to get three weeks utility out of them. Uh, that did not happen. Didn't happen. Cardinals coolest, got two games. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest things I saw somewhat tangentially, but somewhat, this is a uh, going, going around on Twitter. Someone put up a picture and it was like, hang the banner. And it was like, New York Mets 2022 season at like a championship banner style. And it just said, had a cool song for their closer, <laughs> you know, like in, instead of NL Easter, you know, NL division champs, it just said, had a cool closer entrance song. That was, that was their big prize. They won for all their uh, success this year in the that regular was, season. That was pretty much it. They paid $280 million for a cool closer song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I like to point out as well that this, the last five times the Mets have been in the playoffs, they've been eliminated from the playoffs at home. They don't ever lose on the road. They always lose. That's a very Mets, at home at City Mets Field. That hurts more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Oof. that's a rough one for sure. But just think about where the Mets were like a week and a half ago before the Braves series. They're in they're cruising in the NL East. They're two games up, a game and a half up. Uh, just need to win two out of three, or even lose two out of three, and they still would have been fine. And uh, they go to Atlanta, get swept. Then the next weekend, the Padres come to town. They lose game one. And then uh, and get knocked out in game three and really didn't put up a fight either. It was pretty much all Padres the whole time. Um, so, yeah, the, that's at least for me, that was fun to see uh, one of our our chief rivals getting getting knocked out. 
And then the other NL series, obviously the Phillies and the Cardinals. Cardinals had a had their big three, all kind of had one last hurrah. Nothing really happened <laughs> for the Cardinals. Uh, That's another yeah, team that I know people were stocking up on those cards. People were buying mm-hmm. a lot of Cardinals cards, like hoping for big things. I, I doubt there were a lot of Padre stacks being purchased before the wild card round as compared to the Mets and Cardinals. So, yeah. And actually, I don't, I, I may be crazy here, but I think the Padres actually have a decent team to make a run at this thing. Like, I think they can get past the Dodgers or at least take this to like five games um, yep. because the bottom of their order was so productive against the, against the uh, Mets. And that's really the secret to success for the Braves last year was the bottom of the order just raked. Like Jock Patterson was great. Uh, Marcelo Zuna was great. None of those guys were in the top four or five. Zuna was like four. Um, but like the bottom of the order last year was, was absurd for the Braves. And it's absurd this year as well. Um, but the the Mets have really got it going with Trent Grisham and, and Jerks and Profar down there. Both had both were in the top seven scorers for Sora this week, the best lineup. Um, so, yeah, Jerks I think and Padres Padres great Ranger make a run. Mm hmm. Yep. All, all good Pro, players Pro, are former Rangers. Rangers, Rangers. Ranger legend Jerks and Profar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All good players are either former Rangers or former Pirates. That's or future Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or future Ooh, Rangers. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a fun one. So, yeah, Phillies and Cardinals. Obviously, Phillies were kind of dead in the water there in game one, get the big comeback in the ninth inning, and then, you know, pitcher's duel in game two. It was really just Nolan Wheeler. I think the Phillies are set up perfectly for a three-game set. The deeper they go into this thing, the harder and harder it's going to get for them. If they uh, they got a big win today, absolutely massive win, uh, because you don't feel, as, as a Braves fan, I don't feel great about game three against Arenola in Philly. Um, so if they win that game, they just got to win one more. Um, I do feel okay about Kyle Wright in game two against Wheeler at home. And then the other thing that kind of live into my spirits a little bit, Jake Odorizzi was warming up in the fourth inning. He never came in the game. I don't think, but Jake Odorizzi was warming up, meaning they were going to bring him into the game, which means they're probably not thinking of starting him in game four. And the only other option then would be Spencer Strider who has been, who has been a big question mark. If he gets game four, I feel a lot better about that. Or even game three, feel a lot better about that. And then obviously got to win with Max in game five. Um, so that was the NL side. Uh, Seattle and the Blue Jays. I'll let you tell this one, Nick, because you obviously will watch this series a little bit closer than I did. But Seattle taking on Toronto, going on the yeah. road. Silence and everybody, big comeback. So go for it. Yeah, I mean, what happened? that first game was the, the show of the arms, just lights out from Castillo and Munoz and all that. Like it, it was just not fair. And so they kind of breezed through that. And then I was watching the game the next, the next day, the next game, just sort of casually going, well, we've, we've trashed this. I'll just keep watching. Cause I'm home yeah. and like the game's on and we'll then be fine in game three. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like this will chalk it up to, this is a learning experience. Like maybe they got the runs out of their system. Like fine. That's great whatever. And then people start putting the shoes on their heads and all of a sudden the magic happens. And we come back from the, the eight, one deficit with, you know, the double that almost broke two players. And so I, I was in absolute disbelief for most of the latter half of that game, but I'm overjoyed that they made it. So I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Well, Chris always likes to say baseball is just a random number generator. Sometimes the numbers all come up your way. It, it, yeah, it takes I think the, the ninth inning, but it, it worked the out. The generator well. maybe 
had a little quirk there, but yeah, they all it. came up the Phillies way today. That's all I gotta yeah. say about that. But you kind of um, traded some, it for uh, you traded the 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 comeback in Game Two against Toronto for the uh, collapse here in Game One in the DS against the Astros. Right? You're gonna bring this up. He's been nothing but nice to us, <laughs> and you're gonna bring this up again. I know we're supposed to be a welcoming home I, for our guests, and I know. I mean, can't I felt it. I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, we got we got Seawall, we got two outs. Like let him clean up his own mess. I mm-hmm. I don't know how much. I mean, Ray's only made what two relief appearances ever or something. It's like I don't know how ready he is for this. Maybe he's amped up. Maybe it's great. But like, see what's your closer. Like, just throw the slider like low and out. Try and ground into a a game ending something. Mm-hmm. Don't just pipe a fastball to a guy that is looking fastball all day long. I I don't know, but it hurt. <laughs> Boy, that got out of here. You're still hurry. alive. Podcast over. It hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hurt. yeah, exactly. Yeah, anything traveling that far better have a stewardess on it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so wild card round they got through. Talk to me about Munoz too, because he's an absolute cheat, cheat code. He's been fantastic. I won him as a reward a couple of weeks ago. Stuck him in the lineups, and he's just he's just a baller. Like, talk to me about this kid. Well, I mean, you're throwing what did he hit 103 with his fastball and 98 with his slider or something crazy like that? Like, it's just not fair. And so if he can Mm -hmm. locate both of those, like he did on the first game with the, the, the blue Jays, like it, you saw it, it, nobody can touch it. If you can locate those two pitches, you're great. We've seen the downside of it when he can't locate the slider, like you get some walks, you get some like, he's trying to find the strike zone and you can look fastball and these guys are good enough to hit it. So like the downside is there when you've only got the two wicked pitches, but when he's got the feel, Oh my gosh, I don't, I really don't know why he's not closing honestly, other than sometimes you put your best closer or your best pitcher as your firefighter rather than your closer, but he's got, is he someone who projects to be a closer for them next year? I don't know. I, I think they, they could go either way just because they seem to have their own quirks on how they want to do it. But he projects to have all the things you would want in a good closer. So like stuff wise, it makes sense. And I mean, he projects as a massive strikeout guy. So Soro wise, he should be great. Even if he's an eighth inning guy and he's getting a bunch of holds. Yeah. If he can locate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a 40% K rate, right? Something like that. Yeah. He's He had a 2.49 ERA this year, which is, stupid good so yeah yeah, if he can locate and he can and he can throw 65 appearances a year and he can strike out a guy every or two guys every three guys every two innings sorry um yeah he had 67.2 innings and 99 strikeouts so far that's absurd that'll play absolutely absurd so yeah if he ever gets into having some saves watch out this dude is very class a light right as a 23 year old too about the same age as class a a little younger um, so yeah, Munoz, obviously a, a, definitely a good one. And one that I wasn't even paying attention to until I got him as a reward. And now that I have him, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need more of him. Um, so yeah, there's that one. And then I just mentioned class A, obviously the, the, the last series was the biggest snooze festival. So full disclosure, I watched three games this, this weekend, right? I watched or the, in the wildcard weekend, I watched the two guardians games. And then I watched game three between the Mets and the Padres I, I just thought like playoff baseball was just everybody striking out and no one ever getting a hit because that's <laughs> all that happened in any of that's those all you games. watched. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then literally the Phillies Braves game today. I'm like, wait a second, guys can get hits. How does this work? This that's is weird. Allowed. 
yeah, they had like eight runners in the first two innings. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on. See this one. Um, I, I can't rub, rub this one in on you. Like I rubbed the Mariners in on Nick because I had Max Freed in my lineup. So I was like, oh man, this is horrible. <laughs> it was bad. It was real bad. Um, we're almost there. I swear we keep teasing it, but we'll, we'll, we'll we will get to the, uh, the story of the day. Um, but yeah, the wild card weekend, uh, the uh, guardians obviously have that massive game too, where it's zero, zero into the 15th big moonshot by my guy, Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez helps out the common stack. I got a common stack of guardians. Let's go. We need them to keep going. We need them to knock out the Yankees and, and keep right on rolling into the yes. uh, ALCS for yes. sure. It'll be very helpful for, for my gallery in the, uh, CS round for reels. You got big Jose Ramirez. Although, although if the Braves don't, if the Braves don't advance past the Phillies, I'm pretty much dead in the in the in the ALCS and LCS round anyway. But hey, we're still okay. I feel like we're still okay. We're not dead yet. We're certainly not dead yet. And I don't know. I, I don't know if we're. Yet. I don't know if we're favorites at this point, but I think we're very close. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was the last. That was the last uh, series of that one. Just a lot of pitching. Two teams that have no offense, basically. And a lot of good pitchers. So um, that kind of makes me think that this Indian series is going to go, or sorry, a Guardian series is going to go uh, five games because I think there's going to be a couple games where the Yankees do hit home runs and they're going to win those. There's going to be a couple games where they don't and the Guardians are going to win those. So I think we'll we'll see some see some uh, a, a longer series, at least a couple longer series is this time around. So we've teased it enough. Let's go ahead and get into today. Obviously, we're recording, so this is uh, about 8.30 on Tuesday. So the Guardians and Yankees are playing right now. The Braves started off the day and uh, started it off with an absolute bang. Max Freed blew past the first two hitters and uh, and, then <laughs> and then didn't blow past anyone else, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Uh, I came back, so I was actually – I was at work, and I came back uh, to my computer – um, from just talking to someone for a few minutes and I came back and Max Fried's thrown 10 pitches and he's on Nick Castellanos. who's on like their five or six hitter. And I'm like, well, what? How do you throw 10 pitches? You got two outs. You got two guys on base. Um, and then Castellanos ripped a single. And then uh, it, it was uh, the next guy was bomb, I think. And he ripped a single and another guy scored. I was like, I mean, these were not like they they weren't shots, right? Like they were just kind of seeing eye type stuff, or like this was not the, the, the uh the deep drive to left by Castellanos of, no. of Tom Brenneman fame. <laughs> no, no, it was it was they weren't like I mean they weren't cheap hits, but they also weren't like real solid hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Braves come up in the bottom of the inning and they start racking people on the base as they do, and I'm like, okay, we're in good shape. Um, and I'm working this whole time, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm working. And so I'm going back and forth to the game and I'm watching. And when I can see it's a big moment, I turn back and watch. And literally, I swear, I, I was like cursed or something today. Cause every time I would turn back to my, to my computers to watch, we'd have like two outs and two guys on base with two outs and the bases loaded or two outs, you know, and, uh, and, and just traffic everywhere. And every single time we were striking out and it was like, we just need like something, just get a hit or something. Like first inning, load the bases, two outs, guy strikes out. Um, and actually a horrible call too, because of the two one pitch was like three inches off the plate. Nowhere close. It should have been three and one. And then the guy missed by a mile on three and ones so that should have walked in a run. And then he ends up striking out. And the next guy, the first guy to hit in the second inning hits a home run. So that would have been a grand slam. So it'd have been five to two. And we would have been cruising from there. Like if we ever got the lead in this game, it was going to be over. 
So, um, yeah, that was kind of the story of the day. Every time I looked back to my screen, we would strike out or the Phillies would get a big hit or like it was just incredible. It was it was almost uncanny how how lucky they were and how unlucky we were. Like that's through even through the season. first four innings. Oh yeah, that's definitely baseball. Like that's how that's how these percentages work, right? Over the long term, it's great. Mm-hmm. But in one game, it can just all go sideways real quick. Small sample size, baby. Right, exactly. And I mean, even the first four innings, I think we had more base runners than them and they were up seven to one. It's just incredible, incredible stuff. Fire. Um, so yeah, we ended up losing that game. Uh, you want to you want to talk through your uh, your experience today with the uh, the Mariners? We've alluded to the the comeback, but just, just walk <laughs> us through that one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it turned out uh, pretty great. Let's hear about it, Nick. <laughs> so I was just you know working, you know, being a a nice upstanding citizen, and I'm like, oh, I can catch the last part of the last inning of this Mariners game. Like we're winning. <laughs> We're going into it. We might have a shot at taking the first game of the series. And so I pull up my phone. I pull up my my app or whatever, get it rolling. And I'm like, okay, cool. We got the closer in. This is going to be great. We're at the bottom of the lineup. I'm happy. This is good. We get them out. And you had Seawald in your soul rare lineup too, right? Yeah. So, so this is double. Pain, yeah, this is a yeah, double play for you. Foreshadowing. I had both Seawald and Ray in my lineups <laughs> oh, in man. different spots. So I'm I'm happy we get a strikeout. Then Seawald decides that a full count isn't fun, and he walks him, but really hit him in the jersey. So hit hit batsman. Then you got the the one and two count on whoever was pinch hitting there. I'm forgetting now, and he hangs a slider. So now we've got two two runners on, and all of a sudden you've got Robbie Ray on the mound, who's got two whole appearances as a reliever ever, or something, two or three. And we're doing the lefty on lefty thing. And the announcers are like, well, Alvarez actually hits lefties pretty well. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no. Two pitches in, we pipe him a fastball and the ball almost turned into vapor as it went out of the freaking stadium. We call those Yordi bombs in the the trade. Yeah, it just smoked it. Like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm sitting there going, huh, I didn't need to see that. (laughs) that. That hurt. I didn't see that. Glad, glad I got out of work on time for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't help but chuckle along as you're telling the story, just because we all know baseball pain, and that that's that's you know not to laugh at, at yours, but dagger. How it hey, goes. where are the Rangers at right now? Huh? They're on a beach somewhere playing golf. Uh, yeah, the Rangers are are hurting for sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if there's any people that know baseball pain, it's Rangers fans. I I, I remember. I mean, talk about being inches away from winning a World Series, just like in the Mets too, but yeah. But, I think we bring this up every week. Yeah, exactly. No, it always finds a way to come up. That's why I don't mind rubbing <laughs> We got to talk about Matt Freeze every week. Yeah, that's what, David Freeze. But yeah, a game David one Freeze, a game one loss uh, doesn't make me feel so bad, especially when I benefited it from so greatly. Uh, I actually had, I was kind of mad because I lost my Logan Gilbert win, you know, like Oh man, Logan Gilbert didn't get his five point bonus for for getting the win here in my uh, rare pro lineup. But the good news is that I had Jordi Alvarez, so uh, the Jordi bomb was quite the nice makeup for for not getting those five points for the win. So yeah, my cool. my lineup's actually doing really good. It's way early. It's the first day of the division series. A lot of these are going to go five five games, and so it's going to depend. But I'm I'm right. I'm in with a shout. I'm in the top. I'm sitting on a podium right now as we record this in rare pro as the Yankees and guardians are playing in a one Oh game. So 
We'll see Garrett Cole's racking up some strikeouts. I'm sure there's some Cole chasers behind me. I'm not going to start celebrating too early, obviously, on, on, on a day one of the slate, but it's it's nice to have some points on the board. Day it, one of a five-game slate, in, too. In baseball, well, it could be. Some of them will be only three games. But for baseball, the one thing that's nice is you generally don't get points taken off the board. Yeah, you can have your guys strike out and get a few negative ones here and there, but when your guys sitting there with 44 after day 1, you start dreaming like, okay, how high can he go? You know, it's it's not like he's going to go back down to 20 or something like that like in so rare soccer you where can't, you can't lose the clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. A good first yeah. half can sometimes dis- evaporate in so rare soccer, but in this case, I'm sitting pretty and I'm loving life. I need That's Max Freed hard. to pitch a fifth game because I also have Freed, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. With so the Seawall you know, three earned runs or four earned runs and my loss for, for that. That's only two the negative points. Only two, only two earned for Seawold. I'm just looking at the (laughs) box. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess the third's on Ray. Yeah. But I had them both. So that's cool. Yeah, exactly. They both, they all counted against you. I was the opposite of your teeter totter here. So all of, all of the joy. Did Seawold did get a hold out of it, right? Mm, I don't, I believe. I think, so. I think so. I think yeah, you I think do. He did at least get you a hold. If you leave the game with the lead, a few points, I think yeah. you get a hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, it's a good, good, okay. good shout. Hey, there. I'll take. So it. actually, bringing in Robbie Ray actually saved you five points there. <laughs> That's the silver lining. Kind Perfect. Of, I guess. Uh, I'm, yeah. I think I'm the Mariners manager. The Mariners manager was like, "Well, at least he'll get five points I'm, because he's probably playing so rare too, right?" Well, mm-hmm. He knows you're a fan, Nick, for sure. Yeah, actually, I called him up and said, "Can you get me a hold on this?" Um, live scoring update that's the phone he was answering in the dugout <laughs> yeah i knew that me. that was live you. scoring update harrison bader just homered so it's one one oh nice new york, new york cleveland so there you go i have him in my team he's in my scn team um yeah i think you and i nick we have to make a pack my dad says he's cursed and so he didn't watch any of the uh he didn't watch any of the braves last year like even we were up like six seven runs with the, in the clinching game in houston uh, and he would not come out for the ninth inning. He was like, no, we, we have to win it, and then I'll go back and just watch replays. It'll be fine. Like, they can't undo it then. Um, that might be I my think, new MO. Yeah, I think you and yeah. I might might have to do that because he he went to the game today, so his curse must have passed on to me because I was, like, just watching, and every time I would watch it, it would go south quickly. Um, now, question, why is Robbie Ray coming out of the bullpen? Because – that dude's a starter, and he started like what two days ago in the Blue Jays series. Uh, yeah, and if he's not your ace, he's at least your two. So, and so that would, I would I expect him to play. I would call three. it desperation, just sheer desperation. Yeah, but but I was trying to think of it. Do he's we have starting no in like three days, right? I think yeah. the hope that was that he would come in and get one out and end the game, and, and it would be all good. But yeah, like. Well, yeah, going, sure. That's yeah. the hope, but like you're you're gonna make him throw warm up pitches. You're gonna make him come into the game throw, even if it's just one pitch. He's gonna throw all the warm up pitches. He's gonna get out of his routine. That seems yeah. really weird. And like you know, I don't know. You guys probably both played growing up too. Like pitching is a very routine based kind of thing. Like down to you know, you wear the same shoes every time you pitch, sort of deal. So changing a starter to a reliever. There's, I don't know the analytics behind it, but there's some bad juju there, and we saw it today. Well, is the is the plan not for him to start game three? Like, I don't know. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't know if something came out or like I I didn't know what the deal was because I was like I saw Robbie Ray had a minus three and I'm like oh crap he did the same thing as Freed like this is horrible he had a start and it didn't go well and no he wasn't the start at all he just pitched like two pitches and yeah lost. I. 
I still would wouldn't be surprised if he pitches game three, but that begs right. the question. Like, it was, it was shaping up to be a nice little spot because he came in, he would have, if he would have got a save, packed a save on top of a game three start yeah. and a potential win, you're, lo- you're loving life. But yeah. Yeah, that would have been wild. Didn't work out. Um, or do you have other thoughts? That was a that was a weird one. So I didn't I didn't get that at all. Um, so let's let's talk about let's talk a little bit about rewards uh, because obviously that's a big 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 topic right now. Um, people are pissed. People are are uh, they've got the pitchforks. They've got the torches. They're they're, uh, they're going yeah. down to Sower HQ and they're they're ready. They're out for blood. So well, you uh, know you know it's serious when esteemed former guest of the of the podcast YNWA is out there in the streets just slamming so rare and just and just calling them out because i mean this guy he's you know we we had a great conversation with him about some of the stuff we we saw and he's very he, he's criticized them in the past it's not like the first time ever but he's very much what i would consider sort of a an almost an insider he's as close as you can get to being an insider without being so when he's mad at the company you know that it's not good is it not good though that's the question is it well, not good? good does this good question does yeah. this make sense because i don't get I don't get his side of things at all. Like I, I, I understand where he's coming from. Like, yeah, you're going to drop the rewards, but there's like, there's way less teams playing now, right? You shouldn't have the same number of rewards from this week as you did for the last week of the regular season. That makes no sense to me. Why would, if you have 30 teams playing and therefore you have a pool of 30 teams to pick from, why would you then have the same rewards for a pool of eight teams? So you have way less lineups. But the caliber dropped too. Yeah. That's well, the is other it, thing. Is the biggest complaint the number it. or the of the quality? Because there's not a lot of tier ones. There's not even a lot of tier twos. You know, I think in super rare this week, I, I can't say exactly in the wildcard round, but I know in the divisional round, I was looking at it, the super rare division, you can be second place and you get like a tier three super rare prize, you know? So it's like, I think that's where a lot of the beef is coming is just like, hey, and I'm kind of with you, Chris. I actually don't fair. really have the same beef, but I think the the argument or the, the line of thought is like, hey, this is the cr- most important time of the season. This is playoffs when all eyes are on MLB. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of excitement. Let's make the let's make sure the rewards are actually even better. Let's like let's try to like give better rewards for better games. But instead, the rewards have gotten worse. So it's kind of like everyone's like, ah, it, it kind of kills the vibe a little bit is is, is yeah. what I'm guessing. Like, And here, and I, here's here's my counter to that, right? Like the rewards, the, the actual individual rewards for finishing first place are not better, right? But the total amount of rewards, the expected value of rewards is much better than the regular season. Like if you look at how much they took off from the regular season and really they had the same – from the regular season to the wild card, it was the exact same reward structure. Right. That, that, so the I wild card that. was. I loved the fact that there was the exact same number of rewards in the wild card round. That made it easy to win rewards. That made it way too easy to win rewards. Mm-hmm. Is is the right answer? Like if you look at the great. unique division, it was great. If you yeah. look at the unique division, there were eleven viable lineups, and there were six or seven rewards. I think it was six. Right. There were eleven lineups and six rewards. Like think about that. Uh, Over fifty percent. Are getting rewards. How pathetic are you if you're in that bottom 50%, by the way? Wow. Well, <laughs> hey, does it make it easy. more? Yeah. <laughs> I will not mention any of it. Yeah. Easy, I don't know what I didn't I haven't seen where our boy Bob finished or Miguel or, or YNWA. So who knows? I know YNWA finished on the last spot of the bubble. So he did get a reward. 
but yeah, so the wild card round, I think you should be like rejoicing in the streets and praising so rare for giving you way too many rewards for was yeah. like, like that That's should just the, be the, the tone of the complaints right? didn't re- the, like the complaints seemed a little tone deaf coming, coming from Mark. And that's why I kind of joke around with him a little bit because like, yeah, he's mad that his potential unique prize wasn't uh, as high of a tier as he wanted. But like, if you're thinking about the platform as a whole, and you, if you're taking the, the, the the wider view the macro view what Sorare did in f- filling out all those rewards for the wild card round was excellent and they deserve praise for it not co- being complained they deserve praise if they did it intentionally i don't think they did it intentionally uh, yeah, i think they yeah. just well, i think they were just like yeah it's just another week we'll just keep going that, that goes into my my yeah. other theory which is like why did the why did these guys and it's not just ynwa miguel you know it's, it's a lot of the friends of the show and other people were sort of in the twitter streets you know complaining about this that and i was like guys like why are you drawing attention to this just don't talk about the rewards maybe they'll forget and they'll leave like the 300 rare all-star rewards again next week and it'll be good but i feel like because they complained about it 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 drew attention to it and then they're like oh we actually got to cut down the number here so that that was unfortunate but obviously that's not a realistic scenario i'm sure if if they actually did forget about uh you know the number of teams in play then that probably is a bad thing overall for so rare but just just having a little fun with it i was thinking to myself man i I wish they would have just kept quiet and maybe we would have got another big fat stash of rewards headed out this week but right but i i think that's into the season exactly right we're just all winning rewards for just submitting a lineup basically yeah um like my limited team didn't really do that well but i got a tier three out of it it's kind of wild yeah um and and it's like i mean come on like wildcard weekend was way too many rewards and i think everybody knows that i don't think anybody's really going to argue that and instead of praising so we're like hey you guys give us right. more rewards than we should have you're like ah, oh, you cut down the rewards the next week and if you look at the percentage they cut it down it doesn't even take into account like if you if you take the total number of teams from the regular season divided by like the total number of teams left in the wild card round like that percentage drop is nowhere near the percentage of rewards cut drop that they had if that makes sense i don't know if i explained that very well um but basically they should have dropped it way more based on how many teams are still left playing and And the fact that they didn't means that they are prioritizing playoffs and they're giving out more rewards and yes you can argue with like how high the reward should be but this isn't soccer right tier one in baseball is not going to be the same as tier one in baseball next season like you're going to win a kimmick or anything yeah kimmick is going to be tier one until the day he dies pretty much Right. Mbappe is going to be tier one until the day he dies. It's never going to change. Right. Whereas in baseball, how many guys have ridiculous seasons and then are just horrible for the rest of their careers? Right. How many guys are horrible when they first come up and then they end up having ridiculous seasons? Right. Like think about Cody Bellinger. Where's Cody Bellinger? What tier is Cody Bellinger in? Right. Dude hit 50 home runs his rookie year. Yeah. It was like Life, lifetime three, MVP. four years ago. Cody Bellinger for sure. Like, yeah, he's a great example of of the of how careers can go south in a hurry. Like, it, and also think so rare is also still with they still don't have really enough data in my mind to really have like nailed the valuations of like who belongs in what tier. They haven't. So a lot yeah. of times they're just trying to they're sort of flying semi blind as far as who to reward. And there's been a lot of issues with you know people winning tier ones and tier twos and getting middle relievers out of it and stuff. And that's never fun. And, and it's unfortunate when that stuff like that happens, I know that things will be better this time next year. And like, I wasn't playing so rare soccer in 2019 and 2020. I really wish that I had been but for many reasons. I'd have a lot more, all a lot more Ethereum in my life. Uh, I'd be living in a bigger house. That's been. for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, <laughs> But I can say that 
I can, I've talked to, I have a lot of friends who, who were, you know, I'm, I'm in the community. I know a lot of people who were there in that era. And so a lot of it is just a leap of faith, but a lot of the things that we're experiencing in the baseball, like the frustrations of like, uh, the rewards, they haven't really quite nailed it. And they haven't really nailed rewards in soccer yet either. But I do think that we're experienced, like what we've gone through has been experienced by so rare users before on the soccer side. And so that's why I think like, just stick, if you believe in it, stick with it. If, if, I'm not out here shilling. If you think that so rare MLB sucks and you're like, this has been a horrible experience for me the last few months. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to tell you you're, you're wrong or that, you know, you got to do what's right for you. I believe in so rare MLB, so I'm sticking with it. I'm just continuing to accumulate as many cards as I can get. I've still only sold like a, a handful of cards. I'm mostly buying and winning and keeping and that's just the way I'm approaching it. I think it's a long-term investment. If, imagine if you had started so rare soccer in 2019 and you had eh, so so results and you're like eh, i don't know about this uh you know screw this game you know th- this has no future i'm out and you like j- dumped your account in like the, you know like the fall of 2020 like after games started coming back from the pandemic and like you know a few months later the entire thing just blows up and valuations shoot out the roof and all you know early adopters are making six-figure profits and pulling six figures off the site and stuff it's like you'd feel pretty bad if you'd quit in 2019 so i'm not saying that exact thing same thing is going to happen in baseball but i'm just saying like give it a chance and don't sit here and overreact to every little single thing like thing that irks you in a game week it's it's not a great look when like prominent people in the game who have big followings are out here complaining to the company when it actually was something that should be celebrated as as you outlined chris and you know 100 percent. not trying to call out take shots or call people out but i just that's the way i feel 100 percent. and just be be able to look outside yourself for, for God's sake, you know, like life's not always all about you and everything. And I'm not speaking to anyone specifically. I mean, I'm even, there's times in my life when I try to make things all about me, I do it a lot on this podcast when I reference, you know, my teams and stuff like that. But at the same time, like you have to be able to see that even if you don't like the, the tiers of the rewards up in the unique pool, you have to be able to objectively say, but it's such a good thing for the for the game as a whole that they kept all those rare all-star and rare pro and limited all-star and limited pro levels the same. And they should have done it for this division round because it's the same amount of teams that played in the wild. They should not have lowered it for the division right. series as far as I'm concerned. That's that's what I would be complaining about is why did they cut the divisional series rounds lower than the wild card when it's the same exact amount of teams that are playing the wild card? Yeah, I mean, that is what they are complaining about because the wild card round was normal normal rewards and then the the division series is the first one that's been lower rewards but the complaints the complaints were about the the tweet complaints you know like i'm saying that i'm referencing came in they were about the wild card the quality the tier qualities of the wild card round reward it was the tier quality of this round though because they could see the next they could you could always see one game week in advance so they're complaining about what they're going to see in the division series and yeah, they did cut from the wild card to the division series. And that's what me- leads me to think it wasn't a planned thing. Like they didn't plan to give us that many rewards in the wild card. Cause yeah, logically it does make sense to kind of keep it the same. Right. But if, if you get to that point and then you, you basically get a freebie handed to you, you're, you shouldn't be complaining about, yeah, well, I didn't get a second freebie handed to me the next week. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, that's kind of the message and and the whole point there. Um, do you have any thoughts about this, Dick? Do you want to weigh in at all here? Oh gosh, I'm I'm probably far too new to the scene to to weigh in too much, but I mean, it does seem it does seem good to be overly generous when you're launching a product. This is me putting my product hat on, um, and maybe that's what happened. And so, like, 
if the switch should have been turned off last week and we got an extra week of that, like I will personally just try and see that as a gift. Um, and we are all relatively early to this scene. If it's successful, I think one week is probably not going to make or break any of us. So I don't know. I, I'm enjoying that I have more players to play this week because I happen to have more more guys from the squads that had buys. So I've yeah. seen that maybe it's a little bit more competitive just by nature of a lot of people also probably had a lot more of the players that had guaranteed playoff spots. Right. So in, in that way, I wish maybe that faucet didn't get turned off till next week. But, you know, it's still fun. I'm still having a blast. So yeah a hundred percent you're you're right right like the best teams have the best players and a lot of people have the best players that's the whole point of the game right um so yeah a lot of the best players weren't playing last week which is even more reason why it was so non-competitive and it was so easy to run rewards like jose ramirez was one of the few guys that was like a truly elite guy that was still playing in that round and now you've got everybody back in right you've got all the dodgers you got all the braves you got all the yankees all the astros so, uh, yeah, 100% on board with you on that one. And the other thing, like, yes, they, do, they don't have the tiers correct. But again, this is, a, this is how you look at it, right? It's perspective. Yes, they don't have, like, you can win a tier one reward and it can be a reliever and that can suck, right? But there's also been times where I've won tier threes and it's been, like, one of the better rookies in the league. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take this. It's not, it does, it goes both ways, right? If you're going to criticize when you win a tier one and you think you should get something better, you also have to praise them when you win a tier three and you think you should get something worse. Because, How is that determined? Because like, from what I can tell, it's yeah. entirely based on price. It's all price. That's all okay. they have to go on right now. Okay. Um, and maybe they'll, they'll have some other factors that go into it. And that kind of is, is kind of the point of what we're trying to make here is that this hopefully gets better. At some point, there is a little bit of human intervention and it's not just purely price. But yeah, at this point, they don't really have any basis. They don't have any past data. They don't have anything to say like a tier one should be a tier one. It doesn't matter if he's slumping or if he's good. They don't know that yet. So it's it's really difficult to, to yeah. kind of set those until they have a little bit more data. So we're just but, hoping for good randomness when we get our tier twos, threes, fours. Of yeah. You know, the market's not efficient yet, so right. I hope I get an efficiently or an inefficiently low player, essentially. Right. And and that's it. Like, it it almost doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter if you get a tier one or tier two or tier three, but, like, you just want to be in rewards because you never know. You can, you can get lucky some weeks, even if you hit a tier three, tier four. Now, tier five is pretty much just all the, the players just that nobody relievers. wants. <laughs> so you don't really want tier five, but, like, even like the top of tier four, there's a couple guys that are good. And then tier three is like half and half. It's like, if I'm in tier three, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I got a shot. So uh, yeah, rant over. That was a, that was a long rant for sure. But um, I think definitely something that needs to be said and something that needs to be out there uh, is just to, to kind of change our perspective a little bit. Now, one thing that I know you were kind of wondering about Nick is kind of, as we go into the off season here, obviously you're not, a big soccer guy, you haven't really been through an off season. So I guess Trippin, just kind of tell us what your, I mean, obviously we don't know, right? We don't have any right. information. We we can't, we, all we're doing is speculating, but what is your thought process of how this off season might go slash uh, the start of next year? Well, I don't think that they're going to stop auctioning cards unless, unless a significant number of cards start and auctions start ending with no bids. 
which used to happen back in 2019 soccer days to reference that again, then maybe they would turn it off. But as long as the cards are selling, even if they're not selling for that much, there's not going to just turn off the money machine. If they, every auction that sells is money into so rare's, you know, uh, revenue sheet, and they're not going to turn. Why would you stop selling cards? Why would you stop auctioning off cards that people are buying? That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, we, business we can, is like revenue. Yeah, exactly. We can expect Weird. we can expect it's some crazy. money spout to continue in that regard. Uh, if if like I said, all of a sudden a lot of auctions start ending with no buyers, uh, maybe that would change things. But again, there's bots out there right now that have made their way into the baseball world that will auto bid on anyone that is like underpriced according to their models and things like that. So you got that to worry about. I don't think we're going to see the end of auctions anytime soon. At one point, maybe a few weeks ago, I might have even said on the show, like, yeah, they might stop the auctions and just focus on NBA, but I just, I don't see it happening. So we'll find yeah. out. Maybe we'll find out more uh, in, in a week or so, but in that regard, week? They, they do. And, and yeah. uh, you know, there might be some uh, additional content. There might be some yeah. additional content around that live stream that might be happening the same day that uh, we can, we can Ooh. at least tease here for you on the show. But yeah. uh, uh, the uh, the the thing of it is, is they've also said they plan to run some type of offseason contests. What that would look like, we don't really know. I don't know, Nick, if you're familiar with the concept of the soccer replays games that they ran during yeah. the 2020 pandemic when games were shut down. They would sort of run game weeks by giving you like a, a random sampling of like 30 games and, the, and they'd say like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to re- further randomize these 30 games into like 15. And like, you get the stats from those 15 that we randomly selected from this sample size. My numbers are off, but cause I didn't participate in this, but I've just heard the story. So, so yeah, yeah so, so they start a guy and it's just sort of a random yeah, pick you, of yeah, what he might kind have of done. Hope that the, the simulator chooses your guy of the game where your guy did well. seems not like I, I it's been Seems said that, that saved so rare that if, if they hadn't done that, they would have gone under many, many people who, who were around since the launch say that that was clutch, you know, because that's how they got through the pandemic. Yeah. It's not something but that's that exactly like that. It was to get through the pandemic. Yeah, it was not to get through an off season. So, yeah. yeah, two completely different sure. things. Yeah, so I don't know what that was when that was when world football stopped and we had no idea if it would ever be back slash it could be two years. It could be right. five years. With no clue, except the Turks. So that was <laughs> the Turks yeah. tried to play through it for Nicaragua. Weeks, Nicaragua played through the yeah, entire yeah. way. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's insane. That's yeah. how I got into all the uh-huh. analytics and so rare. Eventually, was because Nicaragua was still playing soccer, and uh, I there was no stats or anything, and I wanted to like track it myself. So I started setting up spreadsheets, and I was like, "Ooh, this is fun!" So I started, and now I do it for a job. So yeah, I love that. Excellent. That's how that's how it works, man. So, um, so I don't really know what like an off season game looks like, but they've promised something, and mm-hmm. maybe where, it's a where did you of hear that? Imagination, but where did you hear that they promised? There something? was one medium blog that said we that had a throwaway line that said we we are planning something for for our users to continue your to continue to be able to use your cards in the off season is what it said what that means who knows because i i haven't i didn't see that anywhere um i if it's me like from sober's perspective i run it like soccer right like it's a soccer off season it's it's basically the same thing that they always do they've they've done it for european for mls for asian for you know for all these different leagues have off seasons um, and you just, you stop or you, you keep auctioning cards because there's not no utility. There's just utility in three months or in four months or in five months or however long it is. Um, so Do it's a good chance for it. Yeah, you, you slow it, you slow it a okay. little bit. 
because yeah. there's not as much demand, but it's at the same time, like there are guys like me who will say like, I don't care if I have to wait five months, I'm going to pick up a guy at a much cheaper price than I'm going to have to pay in five months. And then I have the guy that I want and I don't have to pay a big price. So like traders help to balance they like they give price stability, right? The, the traders yeah. that know they're going to be able to use it in five months are, uh, are, are picking Like I'm picking up a ton of MLS cards right now. Everybody else, generally everybody else is selling, but I'm picking them up and that's, what's keeping the price high because people like me are, are, are buying them. So it's kind yeah. of a reverse of the normal, of the There's normal a, utility, a ton of like seasonal, I don't know, arbitrage, basically like right. the value dips based on people not playing. And so those of us that stick around for more than a year, like you just buy at that point. Right. And I mean, some people will sell MLS to go into Europe. Some people sell MLS and just don't do anything like it. You can do what you want. Um, but typically people will be more sellers than buyers at the end of the season. And if you're a trader, then you buy them low at the end of the season and you sell them high when everybody wants to buy them at the beginning of the season. Cause nobody has teams anymore. Cause they sold them all off last year. Yeah, um, some people sell MLS to buy more baseball cards, right? And NBA, do it NBA at the exact makes. wrong 100%. possible time. So there's that. That's that <laughs> you, sounds like personal experience. experience yeah. I I wouldn't know. I I didn't. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, uh, absolutely no comment. Well, I I found the statement just to just to clarify. It says okay. the, it's a Q and A. They said what what the question? What is happening on so rare MLB during the MLB offseason? And their official answer is: We know our community is looking ahead to the MLB offseason. We are committed to launching new fun ways to use your so rare MLB cards throughout the offseason. We look forward to sharing more details soon. That was from about two weeks ago. Last week is interesting. They put that out so. Okay, so this is again a perspective thing, right? Because if we, because I'm, I'm going into this saying I'm not going to be able to use cards for five months. If we get something else that we can use cards and get utility and get stuff back again in the off season, that needs to be like, hey, Soro, you guys did a great job at this. You guys gave us an extra opportunity to have more fun with these cards, even if it stinks, right? Because I can see them rolling out some stupid thing where it's it's kind of stupid and nobody really wants to play it. And people go, Oh, this is, this is dumb. Like, I don't like this. And it's like, you should get nothing right now. So if you Mm -hmm. get anything, you should be, you know, thankful for it. You should be really happy about it. You know, I was honestly, I was not expecting that at all. I was just expecting five months of nothing. Well, and to play NBA committed to launching new ways is, is kind of language that gives you a little bit of a gray area. They're committed to doing it. Doesn't mean that they're actually going to pull it off, you know, and it could be, it could be as something that like starting in December, they have the uh, a new game for us to play and it goes from December until pitchers and catchers report. And we're just fully occupied, you know, loving our solar MLB cards for months during the off season, or it could be, well, we sit around and do nothing for a couple months. Like we thought anyway, but then we have a few mini slates during the world ball world, ba- world baseball classic right before spring training right. starts. That, that could be a new uh, uh, off season game mode that they launched you know, to fulfill that commitment. So it could be, it could be a wide range of things. And again, we're, we hope to get more answers soon. Yeah, it'll definitely be, uh, definitely be something to watch for sure. And I know going through it kind of for the first time, um, I also want to point out like the seasonal cycle of these cards, right? Cause uh, at least coming from MLS and coming from soccer, I've kind of alluded to it in the past, like the traders buy low at the end of the season, sell high at the beginning of the season. And the reason is the price drops throughout the year. As you use it more and more, you use the utility, and then the pr- the card is less and less valuable. And then over the off season, you're getting closer and closer and closer to the start of the season, which is a new time that you can use it. 
So that's your basic general cycle, right? Things are going to get in there that are going to interfere, whether it be other leagues, whether it be NBA, whether it be soccer, there's going to be other factors. So it won't just be a pure up curve and a pure down curve. Um, But that's the general kind of kind of thing that uh, that you should be you should be looking for. And we're seeing kind of a there was a spike for any teams that entered the playoffs like their cards. Yeah. Had, you know, 20, 30 crazy percent, you know, increase. Other teams that sort of leveled off. Do you usually oh. see like a post playoff or a post season, you know, trough after that, or is it already kind of troughing in your experience? Yeah. So first off, the twenty percent, thirty percent increases. That's not crazy. That's just everyday run of the mill. You see guys <laughs> go two, three x easy in soccer at least uh, if they start performing well. And, and I expect the same thing will kind of happen in baseball. When a guy starts having a great season and he's at 20 home runs by May, his price is going to like double, triple, quadruple type thing. Yeah, that was uh, my Boba Shatter. So the, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 6X, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely see that. Now, the playoff, the, the post-playoff dip kind of remains to be seen with the MLS guys. Typically, when they get knocked out of the playoffs, they do have that little price correction back to like the normal, like not in the playoff price. So, like, if you're if you have a Royal who's a certain level and you have a Blue Jay who's a certain level, when the Blue Jays get knocked out, their prices will basically go back to even. Um, I personally don't really buy for the playoffs. Like I think it's kind of, it's, it's, it's nice to use the cards that I have, but I'm not like out there trying to spend money to win rewards in those specific weeks um, because it is only like two, three weeks. And we saw what happened with the Mets. Anything can happen. This is baseball. Like people get knocked out all the time that we have no idea who's going to win. Um, so I don't buy cards for the playoffs, but a, a lot of people did. And I sold into it, right? I'm a trader. Like when I see the price go up, I'm selling stuff. It's like, I got my Tyler Matzik, uh, super rare, which I won as a reward. I got him sold for like 0.06, which is pretty good. Like that's more than I got for, uh, Melanson, um, who I, I mean, Matzik's just a normal middle reliever and turns out he's not even on the playoff roster. So whoever bought that didn't even get a card to use, well which kind of stinks. But I mean, that's it. Like I, I put my lineups in and then said, okay, who else do I got? And I just sold them all. Right. Especially for the wild card round last, last week, um, made some, made some nice money off that. Um, so yeah, I think you, you see a little bit of the up when the playoffs first start and then, um, as you get further in every round that you get in, there's less teams that you can go out and buy because your guy gets knocked out. So then you got to go buy somebody else to replace him. So then there, you know, those specific players go up a little bit more with each round. And then after they get knocked out, they kind of price correct right back to what they should have been the whole time realistically. Um, So, yeah, I think you'll see that kind of, but as far as like an end of season dip, a lot of people have asked me about that just in general, Mm -hmm. an end of season dip. um, I, we're at the end of the season. Like you've, this is it. You've seen it. Like all the guys that are out, there's really no more reason why they should dip anymore because the guys who wanted to sell off their teams have all sold them off. So there's really no reason why it it should just be the closer and closer we get to opening day. Now, the less time you have to hold and the more people are willing to buy back in. So you should just see rise from here. But um, yeah, those guys that are not in the playoffs, they should have already gone through their dip theoretically. Uh, Now, NBA makes a big difference in that because people may sell M- MLB to go into NBA. So we'll see how it works out, but that's this, my this, suspicion this, as well. Yeah. This stuff is complicated, right? There's a lot of factors <laughs> that go into it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, lot. that's the, that's the general thing. 
Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's most of the topics that we have for today. I have one more to kind of finish things out. But do you have any other questions? I, guy, Nick, I have one just like, oh, yeah, you guys. go for it. Um, so as traders and, you know, you've been glued to this just as much as I have. Do you have any favorites that you're willing to share? And like, why? Any favorites teams, being teams, players, um, you know, diamonds in the rough. You go first, because I'm going to look through my stuff and put <laughs> him on the spot. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I would say I haven't really developed that yet. I've uh, okay. mostly been kind of focusing on, I, I, I'm focusing on this year, I focused on just building my collection, right? And the way that that kind of manifested itself was I would more look ahead to a game week mm. and and see like who had the advantage in terms of I was kind of making volume plays each game week. Mm -hmm. So I would like buy a stack of a team or, or mini stacks of two teams based on who was coming up in the, in the future game weeks that had like the more games. Sure. So there was one week where I bought a, a bunch of Padres and diamondbacks. There was another week, week where I bought a bunch of Braves and that's how I have my Braves stack. There was a week where I bought a bunch of Orioles to get in. But, it's very matchup based. Like, yeah, you know, so, what one I can to two say, steps ahead, sort of. Yeah, thing. exactly. Sure. I I think playing matchups and the way that it's uneven in baseball, where like in a given game week, some teams will be playing three games, others will have five, mm -hmm. or some teams will have four, and some teams will have two. You need to take advantage of that because volume for plate appearances is the way to get ahead. You know, like yeah, I've mm -hmm. had pretty decent rewards. Uh, not as good as some people for sure, but like I did win first place in a division in in one game week and. The, and I didn't even really have like superstar players. It, it's not, let me see if I can go back and find uh, exactly who I had on that team, but it's not like I had like all these like crazy um, expensive or, or like even huge names. And, and that's a big thing that I think is, is cool about baseball compared to soccer. So I mm. love so rare soccer. I'm, I'm like addicted to it, but I will say that like, it's a little bit pay to win and it can be a little bit of a problem when you if you can't get if you can't afford the really good players then you're screwed basically right like, yeah you're, you're not really going to compete without some really really big names right so in baseball because of variance and because of the random number generator aspect that we always like to joke about on here like baseball you can take you know tier three type players tier four players and win big with them so mm -hmm. you tell me of this team that got first place in rare all-star at the time it was the highest score ever in the history of rare all-star in the history of the platform that has since been surpassed and, but. and he's also an emmy winner by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but so not taiwan, or anything taiwan walker is the starting pitcher you know okay. he's not he's not what i'd call an ace you know he he's a mariner's flame out as well right if, I, he, if i'm not i loved him I, back in the day yeah, yeah he was i remember him coming up uh, austin voth as my relief pitcher, just kind of like a, a, he had a start that week. Yeah. He did have a start that week. He's a really, you know, 15 points though. He, he, he nice. basically Austin Voth, uh, uh, my friend, Andrew Laird made this joke, like playing Austin Voth in the relief pitcher spot. He always does just good, get good enough to not quite be as good as a closer who would have gotten you a save and a couple of strikeouts, but, but at least, you know, he's playing. So that's why you put him in there. But yep. uh, then I've got uh, a mini diamondback stack. I got Josh Rojas and, Jake McCarthy, and then I've got two Brewers, Willie Adams and Christian Yelich, and then I've got Brandon Nimmo for the Mets. You know, so it's like Brandon. I mean, it's Leo. Nimmo was him. fun this year. Yeah, Nimmo was good, and he had sixty-one points this week. Uh, Adams mm -hmm. put up fifty-six. Taiwan had a forty-nine point start. So that's how I won first place. And of course, so this is all a long roundabout way of finally getting to answer your question in terms of like favorite players or diamonds in the rough because that's uh -huh. the thing that I think one thing so rare does is it kind of like 
it it turns you on to things you didn't know about before. So like many, like I have a new favorite Belgian soccer club and a lot of, you know, so rare soccer players have learned to love the Japanese league, which mm-hmm. plays while they're asleep, but they just, they love to stay up late to watch like their, their J league guys. And like you, you discover these players who you never had a reason to know about before, but they, they end up being on your teams for one fat reason or another. And yep. then you fall in love with them. So my love of the season, the guy that I fell in love with this year, and I just bought him randomly because the Diamondbacks had some extra games, was Jake McCarthy. So okay. Jake, you know, Rake I McCarthy. Him, I call him Rake <laughs> McCarthy now, exactly. Although Rake, Rake Cronenworth, I think, also has a, a, a lays a claim to that nickname for the Padres. But Rake McCarthy is my dude. So, like, mm-hmm. I bought this guy. He's a rookie. And I just really started to follow him more uh, from – because I don't really follow the Diamondbacks. I'm a Rangers fan. I've talked on the show before about how I uh, kind of am re re getting back into baseball through so rare, so rare MLB after not paying mm-hmm. attention to MLB for three or four years before this, even though I, you know, I grew up playing fantasy baseball all the time, but I worked at MLB network. So, I mean, I, I, I have a baseball background, but I had kind of fallen away from it. So coming back to the game, Rake McCarthy, he's a, he's a young promising rookie for the Diamondbacks. I love this kid. And he won me a big prize. A, I got him for cheap. I got him for, you know, 38 bucks, 0.022 ETH for a rare back, back when, uh, you know, no one really knew what he was capable of. And then he had a really nice mm-hmm. big finish to the season. And it, it got like, because I loved him, because I learned to love him so much through playing his rare card. Then when I started to look into the super rare division, I, uh, name uh, pops out at you. Yeah, exactly. Friend of the yeah. show, uh, uh, Bob Flynn, AKA orange fly, the man himself. Like he's been a, a, a two-time guest on the show, I think at this point, and he'll probably be one of the first three-time guests we ever have. Cause we love talking to him. He's always on the spaces with, mm-hmm. uh, with your Nova walk alone and Miguel, and he's just a really good dude. And, uh, we become friends through playing so rare, even though we live far apart. And so he, he knew that I would like, love Jake McCarthy. Right. So he won a Jake McCarthy super rare. And so he's trying to, and then a few weeks later, he's trying to raise money to buy some uniques. He's trying to move up to the unique division. He's like, I need to sell some cards, man. Can you buy this Jake McCarthy super rare from me? And I'm like, hell yeah, I can buy this super, this Jake McCarthy super rare from you. So, Go ahead. Twist my arm. Yeah, exactly. So I, so now I'm, I'm all in on Rake McCarthy. I'm never going to be a D-backs fan. I'll always love my Rangers. But yeah, like that's the the beauty of So Rare is like the way that like you kind of like fall in love with these players that you never even had reason to before. I'm not saying that Jake McCarthy is a diamond in the rough. I think he he might be fringe rookie of the year candidate in the National League. I'm not sure. No chance. Uh, two Braves, Michael <laughs> Harris and Spencer Strider. I know I, that was they're finishing soft, one two. That was a meatball down the middle for you, Chris, mm-hmm. and you knocked it out of the park. But uh, yep. But I do say that if you can pick up Jake for next year, I'd expect him to to have another great season next year. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess like as you've played this first half of a season, mm-hmm. who are your like diamonds in the rough that you've kind of come across? Like they don't have to be great. But okay. like you've maybe you've acquired multiple of them or you're looking to, you know, stack your roster with them over the offseason. Like I need four or five, six copies of this player because I think he's going to go off. OK, so I'll give you because I, I have, have a couple I have that three. I could share with you if you want. I have I have three, actually. OK, so the first one, bring it on. Nod, nod to our guy, Alec, who hosts the Sower in the States basketball podcast. Uh, he's a big Cubs fan, and uh, he doesn't – I don't know. He's never really talked about Say Suzuki, but I like Say Suzuki a lot. I kind of looked at him as like – because obviously Otani came over, and Otani does all this great stuff. 
And then I was watching one of the first games back after watching, um, or, or once Sora Baseball launched, I started watching games again. One of the first games was a Cubs Giants game, and they were comparing Say Suzuki's numbers to Shohei Otani's numbers, and were like pretty favorable over in the Japanese league. They were like, "Yeah, I mean, it normally takes a couple of years for these guys to get settled, but then once they do, he could be pretty good." So, I kind of went went in a little bit on Say Suzuki. I had a rare, and then sold it for a big profit because he had a big week, and then I got a super rare. Um, second one is a guy right up your alley, and a guy that I made Alec throw into our uh, our trade, who's also uh, we have to reference the trade again too. Um, okay. I'm, I made him throw in a little Cal Raleigh because I love Ooh. me some Cal Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, I picked up, uh, so I got in the trade, the limited, uh, which I, I don't know if I sold, I think I sold cause I had him at one point and then I didn't have him and I wanted him back. So I got him in the trade and then I went out and bought a rare, uh, and I said, I don't buy players for playoffs. I went out and bought a rare for the playoffs and he, uh, he was, the top score in the lineup that, that won rewards. So in both of those two lineups, I had the limited and the rare starting and he, uh, he's off to a decent start. I think this week, I think he had five or six points, four yeah, points. He's surprisingly so good. He's very good. Like very like quietly too. Yeah. I think the Mariners have a decent stack actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Relatively the last guy, too. the last guy is no diamond in the rough, but he uh, is way undervalued and that's Ronald Acuna jr. Okay. <laughs> I just bought and his I'm, today. Cause yeah, um, I agree way undervalued. I'm going to die on this hill too. This dude can legitimately next year hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases. Like I know that Aaron judge had a great season this year. If Aaron, if Acuna does that next year, the Aaron judge season will look like peanuts, wow. right? You add in 40 stolen bases to, to 40 home runs. That's a lot of points. And then you hit, you know, he hits yep. for a decent average. He's going to hit a lot of doubles. You know, he's, yeah. he's Down been hurt injury all year. year. He's yeah. on a major discount right now. It's crazy. He's still and hurt. The the one that reminds me of the same thing, Luis Roberts, very similar. Like, yeah, excellent talent. And right. he's being borderline left for dead. And has done it in the past, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's not like we haven't seen it before in the past. Yep. And this guy played, he missed like 40-some games this year. Uh, missed three as recently as late September because he's still hurt. Like, he's still playing through pain. Yep. And he still had 15 home runs, 50 RBI, and stole 30 bases. Like, and supposedly it gets easier to steal bases next year. Yeah. Even, bases, that's true. It's that's slightly also true. shorter. And also you can't shift. And there was something else. There was mm-hmm. some reason why the pitchers. Oh, yeah, the pitch clock. You the can only throw clock. over so many times. Um, so, yeah, it should be easier to steal bases next year, which is kind of wild. So, yeah, I. Uh, this dude's the best totally player in the game. He's, he's the best player in the game, period. He's 24 he's years old. Two. He's 24 he, years old. I've heard and a lot also, of people argue Soto, but most people to some degree, right yes, now. Soto. But I also have a Soto comment, and I'm very furious at him because he continues to not put up any points for me. So I'll, I'll take that off your hands. The exact same <laughs> argument I'm making for Acuna also applies to Soto. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess Soto is okay too. Also undervalued. <laughs> he's, he's but yeah, fine. that's a that that those are my three guys. So who are your guys? Uh, so I already. I gave the one Luis Robert is like the one that just sticks out to me like a sore thumb right now. Um, Acuna is crazy undervalued too. Um, it kind of seems like a few of the guys at the top, like you could argue that they're undervalued for their, their long-term potential, like Vlad and even Soto and a few of these other ones, cause they're going to do this for, you know, the next five to 10 years. Right. Whereas Unless like they go Bellinger. Sure. And I mean, 
he There's can even come rest. back and yeah. you know remember how to swing the bat but like try to got, hit, like, learn how to hit a slider <laughs> that would help Whoa, easy <laughs> But you've got like the Paul Goldschmidt's of the world that are going for like four times what Acuna is going for. And I, I'd trade one Goldschmidt for four Acunas any day of the week. No doubt. I'd trade um, one for two gold, two of them, right? Sure. Easily. Um, actually, like almost all of the Brewers pitchers, so Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta are like my favorite for like next year because I, I don't know, but everybody seems to hate them. So I love them. Um, love that reasoning. Everybody hates them, so they're mine. That's how my whole team that's so is punk rock. I absolutely love it. <laughs> that's that's literally how all of my teams are built. Like, <laughs> that's, that's you don't want team. them? Okay, I'll take them. Yeah, that's fine. I know this dude can play. And yeah, in yep. baseball, it works out because the, the your, your ran really can well. connect for sure. Yep. Also, and Anthony Santander was good for me this year too. Nice. He's undervalued too. Yeah. So super. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. One other one that I can think of that you guys will like, well, at least you will, Trippin, um, Seeger. Love sure. him for next year. Because yeah. I think, like, also with the shift, I believe if I'm pulling stats out of my rear, he's, like, one of the most affected guys by the shift. And if you can't shift on him any- anymore, suddenly he goes back to, he's already top five, like, shortstop, you know, middle right. infielder. He could kill it next year. Yeah. I looked at that too, and I think Cole Calhoun was one of the most shifted players, and he's horrible. Oh, there's the a shift. throwback name. I yeah. love him. And he's he's like 36, and he's like completely worthless. I was like, yeah, I'll take a rare for like four bucks. Mm-hmm. Why not? We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's a good shout too. Uh, there's Cole so Calhoun. many guys that are just like way undervalued, and people are so short term, and they're just like, yeah. I have to win right now, and it's like, if you wait like a year, this guy's probably going to be worth like triple, and this guy's going to be worth like a half. Like, yep. it just does it doesn't make sense to me. It works somewhat in soccer, but it doesn't. I don't think it works at all in baseball. I think it's all a long term game where you play the percentages. So we'll see. I'll probably lose all my money. It's fine. No, it's going to be fun, though. It'll be fun. We'll love every minute of it. <laughs> well, uh, so Nick, I added your your suggestions there to our so rare in the States podcast watch list, which I will always uh, Ooh, hype sweet. up there. We, we built a we got 56 players on it now. Anytime we have a guest on who mentions a player they like or a prospect or just someone who they think is undervalued, I add them to this list. So hopefully we can get some people following it. The link is always going to be in the show notes. So look for that there. We will eventually get every player in the big leagues on that list. Like at some point we will talk about every single player in the big leagues. It's just the rosters of each team. Well, it's not every single player that gets mentioned, but it's just every player player that gets sort of like picked out as like a player to watch. It's a decent, yeah. As a decent one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good list too. Like if you go in and look, it's really good list. No one really looks at it. If I look at the, uh, the price graph on, on the cumulative value of the watch list, it's, it's gone up a little bit. So we're, we're picking, you know, good, good players. Nice. There you go. Uh, so our our last little topic, our last little thing here. If you guys didn't know, we have a Sower in the States basketball podcast, which is hosted by our good friends Alec and Jorge. That comes out on Fridays every single day. And we have big news for basketball. Uh, there will be a community event, which you referenced earlier. It probably won't have too much to do with MLB. It'll probably be mostly basketball, but mm-hmm. maybe they'll throw in a nugget or two. Who knows? Might want to watch. Um, but they will be, obviously they'll have some coverage of that on Tuesday of next week, uh, for the, for the community event itself. And then obviously Tuesdays are day as well to record and, uh, and get things out. And we will also have a big guest and I'm going to let you, Nick, we're going to play a little game here, right? Ooh, so I'm going to okay. have, 
I'm going to have the people at home guess who our big guest is. And I'll give you a hint. Okay. Our big guest has more than 10,000 followers on, on Twitter. Okay. Um, and then you get to ask us one question has to be a yes or no question in order to narrow it down for the viewers. You get to ask us one question to narrow it down. One question. Mm -hmm. Only one question. Only one question has to be yes or no. This is going to be the guest next week on, on baseball. And we'll talk about in a second, what, what to guess with and all that stuff. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah. No pressure at all. Just, uh, just guess next week's guest. Um, you said 10,000 followers on Twitter. He is more than 10,000. So it could be a hundred thousand. Wow. Okay. It could be 10,001. It could be 10,000 of my burner accounts follow him. And he does not have any followers. That'd be a cool, cool way to do it. All right. Is this a former player or current player? Is this a former player or current player? You want to answer that, Trevor? I'm going to say not at the professional level, but we don't know his amateur career status. I, I'm going to confidently say no, because I actually know he played <laughs> another sport. Um, I, I'll give it to you. I'll get, uh, nah, I don't want to give it to you. It'll be too, it'll narrow it down too much. The other sport Maybe. narrows it down too much? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll be nice. He was okay. a swimmer. He was a swimmer. Okay. A swimmer with t- swimmer. 10K followers. That's that's a swimmer with 10,000 followers. The, uh, the detectives uh, a place to start for sure. Good luck. So we're gonna Did we're gonna run to a little... eat like eight pizzas before he went to the Olympics. I can't. I, no, you get one question. That's not <laughs> yeah, how this yeah, works. Yeah. There's no follow up. Okay. What are you fucking? Well, you didn't no have to answer. <laughs> There's no follow up questions. Um, okay. So we're we're gonna we're gonna run a little contest, right? The first person to guess correctly, we're gonna obviously every week we put out, hey, we have a new show, right? Come like this, whatever. So we're gonna run a little contest, right? The first person to correctly guess who the guest will be next week in the comments of that thing, they have to retweet it and then comment in the show uh, link. First person to correctly guess that will win limited Xander Bogarts, another one of those kind of undervalued type guys who hasn't really had a great season. Dude still hit 300 this year. He's still a great player. Red Sox should be better. So we'll give away that. How about that? The Zandy man. And I'll, I'll toss That's in the nice. card as well. I'll toss in my Ooh. most recent reward, which is a Yoan Moncada limited. You know, he's he's uh, probably hasn't had quite the career that some people thought he might have had uh, when he was a prospect six or seven years ago. But he's solid. He plays most games. He has a chance to go up. Not, not a highly valued card at the moment, but hey, it, it, even if you're giving away crap, it's free crap. So no one could be too pissed. <laughs> Team unless undervalued you're, over here. And, unless we're so rare and then you could be pissed at us for giving giving away too much. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run that contest. Whoever gets the, the correct answer first, got to retweet it. Got to have the right answer in the comments. Okay. Actually, maybe we should make it like a quote tweet. And then you got to say who you're, who you're going to say on the quote tweet. Sure. That'll make it easier for me to judge this. And I also reserve the right to kick out any of you if you actually know who's coming on, and I know you know who's coming on, then I'm kicking you out. So don't spoil it for everybody else. But here we go. We're going to run this contest. Nick gave you guys a, a nice little piece of information. It's not a player uh, and not a, not a baseball player. He did play a different sport. But uh, yeah, so that'll be next week. With more than 10,000 followers on Twitter. That, there shouldn't that, really be that many that of them. That should help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, it, this isn't giving her anything at least somewhat knows what so rare is. It's not like, it's not like we're just bringing someone who's yeah. like completely out of the so rare world. This is someone who is going to resonate with so rare players for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, uh, who was it that was wearing the, the, the so rare t-shirt, the NBA guy, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. The this, tiny logo. Yeah. This is, 
Definitely not Rudy Gobert either. <laughs> this is a baseball guy. All right, here we go. That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting out of us.